Episode 398 of After the Whistle, presented by Seneca Buffalo Creek Casino. Nothing else comes close. I'm just going to start this um, pod today with just one thing to say. Uh, This needs to be Don Granado's last season as the head coach of the Buffalo Sabres. For many different reasons. he's no, This has nothing to do with him as a person. Let me just make that clear right now so that there's no misunderstanding as to what I'm saying. When you have this much talent, forget about the roster makeup and the things that we've complained about over the years about lack of physicality and all this other stuff, okay? When you have this much talent, I understand that young talent is hard to win with in the NHL. But when you have this much talent and this much consistency of zero energy or zero preparation for a game or zero come out of the gate ready to play, no back-to-back wins more than twice this year. He struggles to get this team going. He struggles to prepare this team on a nightly basis. And if he's not struggling doing that, then they just don't respect what he's saying or his message. You know, it it was interesting that I I turned on the game last night, started watching the game. I didn't know if you were going to watch it. You know, sometimes um, in situations like this in the past, as we've, uh, you know, you tape you tape the game and 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 you wake up early, you drop your kids off at school, you go home and and you watch the game. And that's no, basically this, I've, I've done. This that was quite appointment television for me. I was listening to Don Ganado speak after the game. And he has, he doesn't have an answer. He does not have the answers. He is, he's, he is a broken, he's a broken man. You can see it in the way that he expresses after the game. He shows zero emotion, just like his team does on the ice. When being asked about, you know, I think it was Mike Harrington said like, you know, Don, this is, literally one of the worst teams in the league. And I like this response from Don when he said this. I actually respected when he said there's no there's no, no bad teams in the league. I la- I was trying to find anything. Okay. I was just trying to okay, find Okay, but anything. listen to what I'm the saying. The fact of the matter is, Don, is that you needed they're 30th you needed in the goddamn that, league, Don. You to beat that shitty Anaheim team last night. I'm sorry to say it, Don. And you're th- and here's what people were saying at three nothing. They're like, oh, at three two, Donnie will be like, oh, it was a late push and it's something to learn from. Three it's two, two f- is three nothing. I know it was three nothing for but someone said the Sabres minutes will of the lose. Game. The Sabers will lose three two, and they'll they'll mi- find some positive and in, in, uh in how they how they were resilient and pushed through and got to the other side and all these other cliches that we want to use to describe the fact that we are stale. Oh, we just got to push through that confidence and we will. And we're there. I mean, no, no, it's, I'm sorry. You know what? You know what? Did you hear Brent Thompson? Brent Thompson, Tage Thompson's father last night, who I played against. I know you did. I did. Yep. Who I don't think I've ever met him but I have an absolute tremendous amount of respect for him because of the player that he was and the leader that he was and guys that I know that played with him. Mm-hmm. Um, he said something last night that just it just made perfect sense as to why that game was going the way it was. Because Ryan Johnson's father also coaches in Anaheim. So 
you know, they asked him on the bench, uh, Brent Thompson did the interview and, and he said something like, well, with the amount of times that we watch Buffalo, you know, we have a pretty good idea of, you know, what they do and their, their personnel man to man, something along those lines. Like, like, so he basically alluded to the fact that he knows each and every player's individual tendencies and what they will and will won't do, um, in a game. Well, I got to tell you, I mean, his scouting report must have been absolutely perfect last night because he he must look at this team and say, guys, this team is fucking scared. Like, like Radko Gudis, just he must terrify that entire team. How about having a coach after a fucking loss, another loss to one of the worst teams, Don? Oh, there's no wor- there's no bad teams in this league. Yes, there is. That's why they're 30th in the goddamn league, Don. And you're going to sit there with your little monotone, answer the same questions over and over, and people are asking, why? Why are you down 3 nothing to the one of the worst teams in the league after two periods of hockey? Your team looks dead. They're I'd like flat. to just add, though. There's no emotion. There's nothing. I'd and like to add. who is that on? Well, hold on. That's where I'm going to go with this. I'd like to add, you know, are we, you know, we're sitting here calling for Don Granado's head, but at the same time, the general manager... Brought all these fucking guys back. Gave him an 18-year-old kid that hasn't had a point in a month. That turns a puck over at the fucking blue line last night with a backhander. And he just gets, guess what he gets to do, Craig? 18 years old in the National Hockey League. Guess what he gets to do? He gets to go right back out for the next shift. Yeah. yeah because that's a we good need one. him. Because well we done. Because we need Well him. done with that one. Called that one a long, long, long time ago that he shouldn't be here. Now, let me tell you something. The kid works his ass off. Zach Benson works his ass off okay but he should not be here he should not be here kevin adams another failure to put this team together properly understanding that the season before he had a really good thing going a very nice strong stretch to the season you know all these guys on this team having lots of success and did not address shit you got Devin Levi, who's not even here, not even playing because he struggled so badly. Because guess what? He's a rookie goaltender. He's 20, 21 years old or 22 years old. Okay. Kevin Adams should know that, that he's not going to blow up and have the success that they thought he should have. You've got, where, where was Eric Johnson last night? Scratch. That's where he was. The guy that Kevin Adams brought in for this team scratch could he be hurt from getting fucking buried in that game and if he's not hurt if he's a healthy scratch i will just say that's complete bullshit because that's the only guy that went defended your 11 million dollar defense he's 35 years old well that's that's embarrassing a failed signing tyson jost two million dollars in the minors who in their who in the right mind in this nhl would sign tyson jost a two million dollar contract Nobody who's picked up on waivers halfway through the season. He had a marginally solid end of the season as a third or fourth line guy on, on the Buffalo Sabres. How is it possible that you I can had, sign him to $2 million? I had why, a guy is, that, why is I had Jacob a guy Bryson in the, in the minors right now making $1.8 million? Well, he's up on the trip. Great. Yeah, great. But, you know, like, yeah. Now you got Zach Benson. Zach Benson, who I basically said, there's no, there's no rush. 
for this young man. He should be playing in the mind or in 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 the WHL, just like Savoy is, because they're not ready. He hasn't had a point. How many points has he had in the last 20 games? Do you know? Who's that? Zach Benson. I, in the last 20 games, I don't know. Zero in the last bunch. You know, it's it's there there are been so many How, okay, failures. Stop. How do we fix this? Fix it. Well, Holy I started by shit, I well, I listen, every other team's fired player uh, coaches this year and like I hate to say it, but we have I don't know how many games we have left in the season, but it's almost like I don't know, do you should we should we be firing Don Granado because whoever's taking over this team whoever's taking over the team, they're taking over a broken team. It almost reminds me, I'm not even joking, it reminds me of the Jack Eichel, Sam Reiner, Rastas, Ristolainen era. You have players right now, like we're talking about they have no confidence. They've lost confidence. Don Granato talked about that last night. Oh, it's about it's about confidence. They're, it's the same thing the, with Jack Eichel. Jack Eichel was fed up. I don't think the players have up. lost confidence. I don't think the players have lost yes, confidence. Yes, they have. I, no, I think the players have lost confidence in their coach. You think that's the only reason? You think that's it? I think I think like, all these you kids have, here, you have, all these... Hold on. Hold on a second. All these kids have played pro hockey for a number of years, and they are yet to experience an NHL fucking coach. They had Ralph Kruger, and they had who I was an advocate for, and many other people were, didn't work out, Ralph Kruger and Don Granato. I think Don Granato's done a fantastic job. I've already said this, I Great. don't know how many times. Great, let's, talk, this about, point let's talk about development. Craig, there's a difference between developing and coaching because you can take guys with a lot less talent and coach them to a much better effort and structure than what we're seeing right now. Thousand percent. Structure on this team sucks. Look at the Seattle Kraken. They are your prime example of a team that is just who's their star. They don't have a star. They don't have a star. Who's their star? If don't have a star, who's their star goalie? They don't have a star goalie. Their fourth overall pick, who was touted as this number one phenom, is barely even playing there. But our 18th overall, 13th pick, or eight, our first round pick, 18 year old. Is playing, our lineup. playing in he's this gonna, league. He's going to play every no fucking game. But Shane Wright can't make the Seattle Kraken. Expansion no fucking team. Expansion team is going to make the playoffs twice, three times before the Sabres even get close. Like I, 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 you know, you look at you look at the players right now that we have on our team that sign these contracts. You know, Rasmus Dahlin is not playing at the level that he should be playing at. I think he's holding a ton of pressure on top of him. He's doing everything that he can, but it's it's Listen, things aren't working. Owen Craig, Power looks like a uh, looks like the front oh office of the Buffalo Sabres, the front office of the Buffalo Sabres is fantasy hockey. And it happened because Terry Pagula and his wife at the time during COVID were trying to cut costs to maintain their fucking standard of living. So let's hire let's hire the guy from the from the junior Sabres, let's bring in the, uh, the whole bunch of the uh, Academy of Hockey people to come and be the main, the main focus and 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 heads for this team. Bringing a guy from Carolina who was just looking to get the fuck out of Carolina because his dad sold the team and his time there probably ran out. 
This is fantasy fucking hockey right now. It was it, it was a, a knee jerk uh, move by the owner. It's failed. I said two years ago, you smacked me in is the it face. Failed? Let me ask me, you this. Hold on. Has you it failed me in the face two years ago when I said Don Granado as a coach hiring is an inexpensive experiment and you shit on me really badly. Mm-hmm. And a lot of other people did too. Mm-hmm. And, and I, and I believed that because when they said they were going to look for a coaching search, they took two weeks. They, they looked at fucking Lehman from, uh, not Gary Lehman, the other Penn Lehman state. No, uh, Providence, Providence. That's right. Good one. Uh, there might've been another guy from UMass. Yep. Lowell or Amherst. I don't know which one. And Don Granado. And on the board that summer were a shit ton of coaches. Mm-hmm. But we got a rookie GM. And what does he do? He goes and hires a coach that he can literally puppeteer. And the entire coaching staff, they can literally puppeteer. I've already said this once before. Even when the team was struggling under Bottrell, I, I, didn't, I didn't feel this way. But I just look at some of the names on this front office registry. I just laugh. My question is this. When you talk about the people that are in that war room making decisions, I think they're all the yes men. I think they're all yes men. Well, I know a vast majority of them. And they're not they're they're not bad people. They're not bad people. So but they're happy to them. have the job and they don't want to rock the boat, so they're not going to go against the majority. And the problem with this organization is I think there's a lot of yes people in that organization just being like, yeah, I think you're doing, yeah, this is what we should do. I agree with you. I agree here. There shouldn't be a fucking agreeing. You should have people come in with strong opinions. If Kevin Adams doesn't like it, then that's the best part about it. He's the one who gets to make decisions at the end of the day. But he has a whole bunch of people that sit in that room that basically tell him how great the job is he's doing and how, you know, we're, we're going to, we're going to be okay here. No, I wish I could be able, able to sit at the, the nights of the round table and give my opinion. They may not like it, but at least it'll be honest. This roster is not constructed properly. And I'm going to tell you right now, I've watched every game and Good Lord, are they boring to watch? Well, this conversation started with a new coaching staff and it ends with a new coaching staff. I will say this though. Unfortunately, you can't sue anybody for the pain and suffering that the Sabres have caused us. But if you have any pain and suffering from a personal injury at work or a car crash, you need to call the lawyers at Salino Law. They're there to help you get the most money for your injuries. Don't wait. Call the eights. Call Salino Law. 888-888-8888. Welcome to the show, Mr. No Filter. What's happening? Starting the day. Trying to recoup from last week. Oh. Looks like you're trying to recoup from last night. Oh, dude, it was a hard week. Dude, you know what you know it is six six thirty here. Listen, man, I don't want to I, I don't want to get into the Sabres and how they're playing. We I'm just ready for I that gotta movie. hear what he has to say. Let's go, JR. You watch this shit. Go ahead. Um, I do not think that this team. A knows how uh, how to compete whatsoever. 
I think they are as soft mentally and as soft physically as I've seen a team in a long time, more mentally, because I, I don't think I've ever seen a team um, mentally leave a building and not, not okay. compete. That's great assessment for the coaching okay. staff. Now okay. get to the players. Well, again, but it's, it's, <laughs> that's funny. And it, it is, it's almost like these, it's almost like these guys uh, think about themselves and they don't think about the, their team. They don't think about their system. They don't think about playing defense. They don't think about, there's just no, there's no, there's no brain system within their bodies. And they just go out there and it's almost like they're scared to win, right? It's their, their goaltending is average. Their, their defense is average and their forwards don't, Goaltending has been the by far the best part of this team all season. It, it, it has, but still, I mean, there's still at what two sixty five or two seven goals against at a, a nine oh eight save percentage. I mean that, that for for Uka, I mean it's even worse for Levi. Yes, but it's not really their fault, and I think the team in front of them literally leaves them out to dry way too much, too many high high scoring um, high um, percentage scoring chances against. Yes, you, you are you are correct. However, when you're giving up that many goals and you're not scoring, I mean, come on, what is it? Uh, Skinner's leading the team with what thirty nine points. I mean, it's it's crazy. Middle status, um, or, or middle stat, or yeah, Skinner has seventeen goals. Yep. Right. They're not scoring goals. They don't score goals. It's it's. It, Why is that though, players. Jr. They were they were fourth or fifth in the league in goals for last year. Why such the the drop off? Well, number one, there's no confidence at all. There's no confidence in any of them. They're perimeter players, and they've become perimeter players for whatever reason. I don't know. Um, you know, when you when you struggle, you you struggle mentally. You struggle to do the, the the hard things. You struggle to go into the hard places. You question yourself with everything you do. I think that I think every guy in this team pretty much questions every play that they make, and they overanalyze everything. And they're so afraid to make a move because it's it's just one bad thing turns into another. I mean, you can't you can't go into Anaheim last night and play with a team that's one of the last place teams in the league and put up a performance like that. It's, uh, it's just, and you know, maybe Don Granado, like Don Granado did say last night, Jr. that there are no bad teams in the NHL. Do you agree with uh, that assessment? No, that's the stupidest thing I've ever heard. It's the stupidest thing I ever heard. I mean, I remember going into games. I, I went into games knowing I was going to get three or four points. Easy. Easy. I don't care who we're playing professional players. I knew I was going to play Ottawa. You know, when Ottawa came into the league, I it was going to be a point night. I was going into San Jose. It was going to be a point night. I was going in all these different and not. Yes, they are. Um, they were new teams, but still the professional players. Um, there are some teams that have gone through rebuilds that are, are truly terrible teams. Um, you know, Anaheim has some talent. Don't get me wrong, but they're they're not a good hockey team you you mean to tell me the chicago blackhawks are a good hockey team you mean to tell me that columbus or ottawa, ottawa who's last in their in their division is really a good hockey team yeah they can win every once in a while you mean to tell me san jose is a good hockey team yes they can win once in a while because 
other teams might take it for for granted how bad they are and not show up like Buffalo did last night or things, you know, things go, they're, they're all feeling good. They're all on the same page. Everything works well. They win hockey games. I mean, San Jose has 13 wins this year. Chicago has 13 wins this year. Okay. Those are not good teams. So that's a cop-out by Granado. It's a cop-out and it's, it's, and it's trying to protect his own ass, which I don't even know how he still has a job. To tell you the truth. It's crazy. I'll tell you um, why he still has a job, Jeremy. Ter- uh, Terry Pagula is on the record after firing Rex Ryan here for the Bills, saying he will not pay another coach to not coach here. That's what held up Ralph Kruger's firing, probably because I think they were still paying Bilesma three point something million, and um, probably paying Ted Nolan still and Phil Housley still. And then you had Kruger, and then they fire Kruger, and then they have Granado step in, and they were still paying. It's just. Well, what and I don't then, get, and, and so Granado just signed a two-year extension in the offseason last year on a deal because you know, you know what they did—they took a, the youngest team in the league last year and, and went got one point out of the playoffs. So you know what you do—you extend your coach who has one year left on his fucking deal. Well, you know what I don't get—you had a you had a really good coach in Edmonton, okay, who got the team into the playoffs and actually went pretty far in the playoffs, and he had a bad start to the year. So you know what Edmonton did—they fired him. You have a new coach in New York Islanders, first first year coach. Uh, he starts the year. Um, he is five hundred, if not just over five hundred. And what does what does Jersey do? They fire him. They fire I, him because I, they Islanders, yes. And you know Islanders are above five hundred. And what's what's Patrick one and one since he started? So yep. the Islanders were over five hundred yet. They saw something that was not right with the team. And you know what they did? They fired the coach. And granted, whether that's the right move or not, but to see what's going on in Buffalo and to see their lackluster and and I think inconsistency, Riv, is the most dramatic understatement of all time. Um, that that's that's I'm gonna put a lot of that on the coach because you're not motivating your team and you're not and you're not making them accountable daily for how they're playing and and it's acceptable now it's acceptable yeah. well that's that's the whole point right there jr all these coaches that were fired whether it was the guy in edmonton was the guy in minnesota was berube in st louis and you can go on and on and on okay they are great coaches they are great coaches there's a reason why they coached in the national hockey league because they are great coaches now that being said sometimes you need a change you need a different voice. You need a different thought process, a different system in someone's mind. It is going to spark your players. Mm-hmm. It's going to put them on like an uneasy filter because they have a new person come in and now you have to impress that person because yep. that person's going to give you a different message. He's going to give you a different system. He's going to have you do how he for how he wants you to forecheck, how he wants you to backcheck, how he wants you. Okay. For an example, and I don't know if this is the case, but I think Don Granato tells all his players not to hit. I think he wants to keep the flow of the game. I do not think that he wants players making body checks because they clearly don't. I've never seen a team that that let other players that have pucks, they let them off the hook. And a, maybe a different philosophy, whether it's offensively, defensively, structurally, is going to change the mindset and 
spark a team. Now you look at the Edmonton Oilers. They've done an unbelievable job. They're winning 14 games in a row, and it's the pinnacle. It's beautiful. But there's a, there's also other teams like the Ottawa Senators and the Minnesota Wild and uh, teams like that that have not taken off because of the new coaching, but it's a different voice. So, like, yeah. It's a different uh, voice. It's, very, it's, it's, it's such a good um, – and you know – you might have that that coach might have different characteristic likes that might fit somebody else or might fit and make someone more comfortable to play. You know, there's so many reasons why you have to make hard changes and do the right thing because you can't change the players all the time. You can't just trade the players all the time. And the easiest thing to do is, is get a new voice. And that's, it's such a good quote, get a new voice, get a new, get a new uh, message, get a new mentality because to hop on the train here with a quick comment. Yeah, go guys. How does this team go into that locker room on a game day or a practice day? And the coach throws up his video and he starts going over the game plan. How do these guys look at this and, and have confidence in what he's drawing up? You know what I think? You know what I think? I think they go into that meeting and I think they're thinking about their, their lunch and about their nap. And I think they're thinking about where they're going to go after the game or, you know, or I don't think, I don't, I don't, I don't, I'm serious. I am serious. I think these guys are so mentally blocked that they don't even compute. It might, you know, there's a difference between listening and hearing. There's a difference, right? We all, we, we all know that there is, I do not think that they are hearing what is being told to them. I think they're or, sitting there with, 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 with blank faces and they go out or, there and they just don't know what they're doing. Or are they doing exactly what they're told? If they're doing exactly what they're told, <laughs> there's a, there's a, there's a, there's a huge, huge, huge problem. I mean, that's, a, there's an even bigger problem. And I don't know. I've never seen in my lifetime um, a mentality of let's not hit, let's not be physical, let's not be gritty, let's not be let's, let's not be determined. Let me read you something. I think we're definitely too soft. We're too easy to play against, and we need to get that little fu in our game. I think we had more of that last year. We are way too soft this year. I feel that we don't kill plays. We kind of get bullied and stuff, and we know we need to be harder to play against. We are too easy to play against right now. That is Dylan Cousins. We get bullied and stuff. Yep. I mean, he hit it right on the head. But it's one thing to say it, okay, which is great. And good for him for saying that. But where is the pride and the and the self-determination to say, you know what, boys, we we can't, we're embarrassing ourselves. We we can't take this anymore. This is embarrassing. This is humiliating. And play with that grit. Because I again, and I hate to bring up the teams that play with grit. Like, does Kevin Adams not see this? He has to see this. Has he to. has to. So yeah, why has nothing been addressed? I sit there and Don Granado said last night, said last night that our best line 
with Zemgus Gergensen, Peyton Krebs, and Kalak Poso. That was our best line tonight. And I'm like, are you shitting me right now? <laughs> well, I don't, I don't want to listen. The, the, the conversation right now is about a coaching change. And I think it's, it's, there are people out there that were such strong Don Granado supporters as in terms of coaching and believing in him. And they are now starting to say that it is time for him to go. Craig, you're one of them. Okay. But not just centering you out. There are yep. other media members and other, other people out there in, in Buffalo media, if you want to call it that, that were so strongly in favor of it. I think everybody I think everybody that knows hockey is in favor of it except for Kevin Adams and Pugula. Everybody. Everyone. I don't think you could I don't think you can talk to a person that knows this game, that follows this game, that watches that team, that watches how they perform game in and game out on a regular basis that does not think that they need a coaching change. Not one, except for the people that are in that office, which is crazy to me. Who doesn't love a great pregame meal? You're in luck. Seneca Buffalo Creek Casino has the Buffalo Sabres home game dinner special available on home game days, Wednesday through Saturday, 5 p.m. to 9 p.m. Three course prime rib dinner special, 50 bucks a person at Seneca Buffalo Creek Casino. Nothing else comes close. Rick Westhead just reporting a breaking news. Five members of the 2018 World Junior Hockey Team have been told to surrender to London, Ontario, police to face charges of sexual assault. The Globe and Mail reports citing unnamed sources. The Globe reports the players who have not been charged yet have been given a set period of time to present themselves at London Police Headquarters. Carter Hart, Dylan Dubé, both on that on that roster. It's tough, man. That's 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 career ending shit right there. I don't like to hear that. This just came out, Petey. Right? Just yeah, just, just came, came out. out. Rick Westhead. Yeah, breaking news: five members of the 2018 World Junior Team have been told so, to surrender to London Police. They have not been charged yet but they've been asked to surrender. I mean, does that, that's kind of a, that, that's, that obviously yeah. means they're going to be charged. That, that, that means, well, that means they have to go into the police and get, you know, what the, what they're being charged with. Now, whether they're going to get found guilty is a difference. Charge is one thing, but being innocent or guilty is another. All right. So we'll keep, obviously keep an eye on that story. How are you feeling about Patrick Waugh behind the bench? Shocked the hell out of me, to tell you the truth. Um, are, you, are you guys friends at all? Oh yeah, we yeah we like yeah we like each other very very much. We respect each other. We don't know each other that well, but every time we've come into you know the same room or come in contact, we've always laughed and and, and gotten along very well. Patrick's a he's a high highly intense person and a highly competitive person, which I am too. So we all get along like that, and I think we. You know, what happened to us in 1996 was really cool, really fun between the two of us. And I think we, we have that respect, but we don't like playing against each other for sure. So can we, can we, um, before we, we gotta, we gotta, there's a lot of people that don't know what happened back in 1994. 
96. 96. 96. We're just playing in the playoffs. Chicago versus Colorado. Uh, we're up. We're up. Uh, it's game game four. We're up two games to one in the series. And we're in Chicago. And in game three, I scored an unbelievable breakaway goal on Patrick Watt. Just absolutely just torched his ass and scored a goal. And we won the hockey game. In game four, we're in overtime, tied have an opportunity to go up three, one in the series. And I'm on an all out full fledged breakaway. And Sandus Ozelinch comes from behind, dives from behind me and pushes my skate out from under me. And I literally, my feet go forward and I fall backwards on the breakaway, fly into the net and into the corner. There's not a, not no penalty shot, not even a penalty called. Koho, uh, Koharski just totally let it go. And it was like, it was the most, when you, take the definition of what a penalty shot should be called for. This is the 100% clear. You think Koharski had a personal beef with you? I don't know if he was personal. I just think back then it was like, don't, don't call penalties in overtime. You know, I mean, that, you know, maybe Coho didn't like me or whatever, but it was the most blatant, blatant trip on a power. On a, I mean, it's on YouTube. You can look it up on YouTube. Oh, yeah. you know? I mean, it's, it's I've as clear. It's as, it's as clear as day. And after the game, we end up losing the game. So now instead of being three one, it's it's two two. And I, you know, I just ripped the referees for not calling the penalty. And then Patrick is like, "Oh, he should stop whining because I would have stopped him on a, on a penalty shot anyway." When the day before I just beat him like like a rented mule, and I said, "Well, where was he in game three when I put his jock up in the up in the up in the rafters?" And then they went back to Patrick and he said that, oh, I didn't heard what Jeremy Roenick say because of the two Stanley Cup rings that are plugging my ear, which is, <laughs> which is, which is a great comeback. I scored in game five and I went and I went by him and I put my finger in my ear and kind of wrung out my ears and said, did you hear, did you hear, my, hear me now? But they ended up winning the series and it was crazy, but it was a great, <laughs> it, was, it was a great back and forth between the two of us. You know, Patrick's one of the best of all time, and he can't. He can't. I'm never going to get the best of him, but I scored more goals against him than probably any other goalie in the league. So right. I was very, I was very successful against him. But I think he's going to be good. Obviously, you see the, the the videos of Patrick in these practices. I mean, he's intense. He's intense. It's going to be really interesting to see how this team reacts to the high intensity mentality of a Patrick Watt. Well, they have a lot yeah. of veterans on that team, so you know. They have, I, I, I was, dude. It was. I was just going to say the same thing. They have a couple really high quality, like um, tough, like Anders Lee. He's he's a tough mental guy. Um, I think I think Barzell will handle it okay. I think um, you know. I, yeah, I do think Paul, they have Paul the, Mary there. Paul Mary, Brock Nelson, Brock Nelson, Clutterbuck, Clutterbuck. Yeah. That's that fourth line. They've got yeah, enough Martin. veteran guys that can withstand that. That's just a weird whole. Their whole team is old. Like they're not. They're not like middle aged. Like a lot of these guys are old. It's like it, I, I find that with we the Islanders Bo too. By the way, go ahead. Yeah, they're all win now. It's kind of like a win now situation because a lot of those guys, Pierre Paget, Peugeot, or whatever. Like, I mean, they're they're older and they need a motivator. These guys already know how to play. They know how to defend. They know how to score goals. They can be very a very dangerous team in this league. What they need is someone to motivate them to get them going. 
Yeah, that it's going to be interesting. There's no question about it. And what 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 does the Islanders need though? That they're very good defensively. Um, I feel like they need some more fast guys, faster guys. Yeah, I don't think it's their. I don't think it's their grit. I don't think it's their. And and it's, isn't it crazy that they're bringing in a, a, a goaltender, and they need more offense. They have an amazing goaltender, amazing goaltender. Um, it's it's they have good quality veterans, and it's like it is true. What what do you need? What do they need? You know, I'm trying to look up their um where they are in goals. You know, goals for and goals against, but they have a hundred and thirty-eight. Um, so in the Eastern Conference, their Detroit Red Wings have scored the most with a hundred and sixty-six, and the Islanders sit eleventh with a hundred and thirty-eight. Out what's of their goals against, what's their goals against? Goals against are 159, which is a bit of a problem. Um, they sit with the fourth most goals against in the yeah. Eastern Conference. Okay, so that might that might be the reason for change because they're they're letting up too many goals, and they they are known as more of a of a defensive minded team, but not this year. Yeah, I could see. Yeah. That. I think they just need a, a, a they need a spark. Like this is a veteran hockey team with a lot of very good players on it. Um, probably maybe a little bit stale with the coach that they had before. They need a spark. Barzell, Paul Mary, Lee, Pajo, um, Onval, Clutterbuck, Chazikas. Like, I mean, this is a good hockey team. Yeah. Yeah, but how can you be stale with a coach? How long was a the coach there for? How many games? Or are you talking in Islanders? Yeah. Yeah. He well, he played he was there all last year and then whatever this year. 40, yeah. 40 something. Yeah. 45 games. Yeah, um crazy. crazy. What are you guys uh what's what's your main topic on your podcast tonight? So tonight on Snipes and Stripes, we are gonna be talking a little bit about um um Corey Perry, of course. We're gonna talk um we're going to talk about uh, what's his name up in Toronto. Um, Keith? Uh, huh? Keith? Sheldon Keith? Austin Matthews? Who's up in Toronto? No, 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 no. The tough guy. The tough guy. Ryan Reeves. Oh, Ryan Reeves. Ryan Reeves. We're going to talk about Ryan Reeves. He's been out for 17 games, five weeks. Um, you know, we're going to talk about is, is his career over because did his mouth in the beginning of the year, all of his media, he get tied up in the media too much and his mouth kind of put him, you know, off his game and, so we're going to talk about Ryan Reeves a little bit, and we're going to talk a little bit about um, um, Pierre-Luc Dubois, who loves to talk and loves to complain and likes to leave and can never seem to be comfortable with where he's playing because he's not doing anything for the Kings right now. And I'm actually going to the Kings-Buffalo game tonight. I'm going to be sitting second row right behind a net. I'm going to be really interested to see um, this these two guys teams play tonight. Um, you won't fucking wear your after the whistle hoodie for one period. One period. No, I will not. No, because I don't wear hoodies. I don't wear hoodies in public. Sorry, <laughs> Great point. Neither um, do I. <laughs> yeah. Um, but it's funny. I've been to two, two Kings games in the last two years. Both of them are Buffalo, LA. And last, last, last year, Buffalo, there wasn't even a, a hit on the glass last year between these two teams. It'll be interesting here. 
but we're going to talk about Pierre uh, Pierre Luc Dubois. How he just he just he d- doesn't get it. He's he far too good. It. He's far too good not to be playing at a high level. Well, the, the the Ryan Reeves thing, Jr. is interesting. Not even because his mouth gets him in trouble, but he basically flat out said the other day that he's been on the IR, but he's healthy, which is cap circumvention. So that that's where the next question comes out. Did you hear that he said he said this? He said something like, mm-hmm. oh, "I've." And I'm just kind of like, what? The I think fuck? He's, he's 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 teasing Toronto to trade him. That's what he wants him to do. Because you're not supposed to say that when the team's keeping you out for a reason. And he just he just let the cat out of the bag. Just but listen, sit there and you shut get, I mean, shut up I mean, and collect I mean, your his, money. I mean, his 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 comments about Corey Perry were ridiculous. His comments about other people and oh, he thinks he's tough and this and that. But I never liked him from this. And you know what? You're just a you're just a a tough guy. Don't. You're not that your job is not to be in the media talking about the guy who won the Hart Trophy, and I think he got caught up in the in the Toronto media. You know, he got caught up in being with all the media around him and being able to say whatever he, he wants. He just to needs say. to stay in his lane and shut his mouth and do his job because when he does that, he he can be a very solid Correct. player for any team. Which is which he didn't, but, which is why he's not playing. Which is what we're going to talk about tonight. But is is this the end of Ryan Reeves because of it? I don't think it should be because I still think he has a lot to add. You can uh, you can keep that point if it's a terrible if it's a terrible point you can say it's mine. If it's a great point, you can keep it as yours. <laughs> I'm going to question that. I'm going to question that. I don't think there's. Um, I like the I like the move when it went to Toronto, but this experiment with Toronto has not worked. Yeah. Um, and I think there. I think this is. I think that's the end of these this type of of need in the in yeah. the league. Too much so, camera time uh, in Toronto, you know. Too much. Camera all he, time. all he all he needs to do is stay away from the cameras, go in that yeah. locker room, be be a be a protective voice, go out there and do his thing on the ice, and make sure that those guys felt comfortable, felt like they can play the neat style of game they want, contribute, and instead, you know. I do kind of understand it though, because he's trying to market himself for after hockey. He's in a huge market. You know, I know he's making good money and stuff, but I mean, yeah, there's, I mean, I, how many years does he have left in the deal? Oh, cheapers. He's got two more years after this year. Mm. Bring him to Buffalo, baby. Bring him to Buffalo. I would absolutely 1000% bring that, that man to Buffalo. And I would, I would just, well, he is a young man, but, um, I would bring him to Buffalo. I would I would not be paying him one point three five million dollars, but if mm. Toronto is willing to take a bit of that salary, I would absolutely take him times yeah. ten. Imagine yeah. having him in the lineup the next time the Sabres Leafs got together. It's not even about the Sabres Leafs. It's irrelevant. It's about every other team. It's just adding a little bit of cock and balls to a team that has no confidence physically. I mean, he would do a he's not the only he's not the only thing that you need. You just need him to come in that might elevate the aggressiveness of players. Because like I said, in the story earlier today, when you've got backing, you're always a little bit tougher and more confident. Yeah. Uh, yeah. This if, you listen, if, you listen, if, if you listen to this real quick, yeah, I mean, I never really liked them to be honest. Um, but we, we always seem to kind of run into each other when we play against each other, but uh, yeah. Not a lot of love for that guy. Where's that First day I met him on the ice. Yeah. 
Just the way he runs his mouth. I don't know. He kind of acts tough. He's not tough. I don't know. You can't say that about Corey Perry. Corey Perry's tough. Corey Perry's tough. Corey Perry, he, he's played his way into being able to, to, to run his mouth. As a fighter, you don't say that about. So I just think that 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 whole that just the mentality that he had. Um, and granted, yes, I, I, I agree with you. I agree with you, Riv. I would take him on Buffalo too. Love it. Awesome, Jr. You guys Good are the stuff, best, man. You're yeah, the man. Thanks, once man. again, I was just going to say before I was I was trying to be funny, you know, as I always try to do a little bit here and there. But I was going to say this episode of Cock and Balls, bro. So everybody follow tonight. No filter. Snipes and stripes. Go to whiskeyinthewild.com. Best whiskey in the world. All right. That'll do it on this gorgeous Wednesday. Thanks, Jeremy Roenick. This has been After the Whistle presented by Seneca Buffalo Creek Casino. Nothing else comes close.